This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth and Mission. Hunters Point in San Francisco has been the site of a decades-long development battle. The predominantly black neighborhood in the southeastern part of the city is a former Navy shipyard that became contaminated after World War II when the United States conducted atomic bomb tests. It is here that the military and scientific personnel of Joint Task Force One will conduct the tests with the atomic bomb. The fallout has been costly. The federal government has spent more than $1 billion to scrub the site clean. Angry residents blame the toxic waste for health issues, from persistent nosebleeds to cancer. They say their voices are being ignored. When he passed away, his last word sitting on the sofa was, I don't want to die in vain. Mm -hmm. I want them to pay for what has happened to me, for taking me away from my family. And there was a cleanup scandal that revealed falsified records, which was extensively reported by The Chronicle back in 2019. And all the while, San Francisco has been desperate to address its housing shortages. The U.S. EPA, the California Department of Toxic Substances Control, and the San Francisco Department of Public Health have all declared the area is now safe for residents. But the deep mistrust remains. I'm joined by Chronicle reporter Lauren Hepler, whose most recent reporting explains why the war over Hunter's Point is now being revived once again. Lauren, the toxic waste in Hunter's Point has been an issue for years. So why is it all coming to a head again now? First and foremost, it's coming to a head because construction just restarted after a long pause during the pandemic. So this is an area where there are 12,000 homes planned for the old Navy shipyard and also nearby Candlestick Park, where the 49ers stadium used to be. And with this restart in construction, it's kind of dredging up familiar concerns about toxic land, gentrification, stark health inequities, things that also came up uh, when Bayview-Hunters Point was the hardest hit part of the city during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so these are issues that are all coming to a head in Hunter's Point, but they're also relevant in several other areas around the Bay. Uh, there's the Mare Island site in Vallejo, a big former pharmaceutical lot uh, in Richmond. So all around the Bay, we know that there's this challenge to like build badly needed new homes. And developers are saying, hey, you, we could clean up some of these long contaminated lands. But as you see with Hunter's Point, there's a lot of concerns about what that means for the health of residents who who live there, who go to school there, all of those things. Another more immediate part of this is that last Thursday, attorneys for residents who live in Bayview-Hunters Point filed a motion asking a judge to actually halt construction. They say um, that although a lot of testing has been done on the dirt at the site, what types of things could be stirred up by construction, they still have major health concerns. Um, and so they want more outside scientists to be brought in, or they want the developers to sort of prove that what measures they are taking to control some of those potentially toxic substances. 
And can you remind us of the health issues that the Hunters Point Bayview community has faced over the years, which many say are linked to this neighborhood's toxic past? Yeah, and there's there's one thing I should say right at the outset, which is that the San Francisco Department of Public Health, the EPA, other regulators have weighed in over time and say, we've done enough work that U.S. Navy specifically and their contractors have done enough cleanup work that health concerns um, should be sort of allayed. But that really hasn't quelled mistrust in the neighborhood. People are saying, I have immediate relatives that have gotten, you know, breast cancer at 30. Uh, they've gotten lung disease later in life, even if they were a non-smoker, which was the case um, of one of the primary characters we followed. So it's an instance where um, this is a a long battle that's been going on for decades now. Uh, There's a lot of mistrust of sort of official reports about what the health risks are or aren't. Um, And it's something that you're seeing sort of come back with this new legal challenge. And of course, these health vulnerabilities were also at the forefront during COVID because this neighborhood was so hard hit, right? Yeah, exactly. We're still talking about when I was just in Bayview a couple weeks ago reporting this story. Uh, while most of the Bay Area was still mostly shut down, uh, people were hard at work in Bayview. There's a sausage plant that was up and running, lots of sort of industrial employers at that area. So it's a place where you had a lot of essential workers that were highly exposed during the pandemic. And it's definitely not lost on residents that um, they were sort of thrown into the middle of yet another major sort of public health disaster after all these years of concern about development in the area. So this is a longstanding environmental justice issue that is sounds like it's now colliding with San Francisco's housing shortage issue. Hunters Point, like other neighborhoods in the city, has resisted gentrification for so long. What does this all mean for the city's plans for housing development? So it's a very good question. Like I said, we're talking about not just like a few new buildings here. We're talking about 12,000 new homes Um, and the developers and definitely some folks in the Bayview Hunters Point community say this is a good thing. We should be doing this because it's going to create construction jobs. There is a requirement that about um, 20 percent of the housing and certain components of the development are affordable. There's a big community benefits deal. But again, the question is really sort of... um, how do you balance health concerns or concerns about gentrification as well um, with some of these potential benefits of development? Um, and like I said, it's not just Hunter's Point. You've got another big fight like this on Treasure Island, the other places in the East Bay as well. Um, and one environmental activist I talked to uh, kind of said, this is just the beginning of a much bigger fight we're going to see, especially when you throw in the other variable of sea level rise and sort of how climate change impacts sites that are right next to the bay. Um, He says, expect more protests, expect more lawsuits. This is definitely not the last we're going to hear about these concerns. So it seems like this is just perfect fuel for just, you know, adding to the longstanding mistrust in the community. Can you tell me a little bit more about the people you spoke to and what they're saying about this latest development and, you know, this push for housing at this moment? Yeah, I think one person who put it really well is Ariane Harrison. She's the daughter of Marie Harrison, who's known as sort of the mother of the environmental justice movement in Bayview Hunters Point. Um, And she said right now it feels like 
these longstanding housing issues, black homeowners being foreclosed, being pushed out to Stockton or other areas being pushed out of public housing when it's redeveloped are all starting to collide with this new development pressure and all the health concerns that that's stirred up. I want good health, health for my family. I want and all the stuff. We're already impacted. We, that's something that needs to be fixed. Not, it's not going to fix it for us. Actually, it's going to fix it for the people that are coming behind us when we're nothing but painting those, but paintings on the wall, because the the long term plan is for us to be gone. Okay, the exodus from San Francisco of African Americans is real, and not just African Americans, but Latino people, Latino folks too. They're doing the same thing in a mission, right? The Great Exodus. And she's also kind of watched the pressure in the neighborhood build for a lot longer. She was born during the civil rights movement in the late 60s, uh, which was right after the time a white San Francisco police officer shot and killed a black teenager and sparked a major uprising in Bayview-Hunters Point. Um, The shipyard that we're talking about here, the major redevelopment site, closed in 1974, and that brought a lot of unrest in the following decades over unemployment, those displacement issues I talked about, violence, uh, other issues in the community. So now Marie Harrison is known kind of around town as the resource queen. She's tried to get city backing for things like a local women's center, and she's endured these really dire health diagnoses for her sister, who she said got breast cancer at age 30, her mother, who died of lung disease, um, and other relatives as well. And I think the thing she said that was really powerful is just that sense of like, nobody cares. I've seen it over and over again. Um, And she just doesn't understand why there's not more interest in sort of what's happening in the community. We got all these toxin stuff in our in our bodies. And people are walking around that's been here for, for, for generations, generations that have not even been tested yet, right? And then it was COVID. It's not a mystery why those, why those, those hospital beds were, were uh, filled by a lot of dying people predominantly of color. So if you've been battling being whooped by chemi- in chemical warfare for your whole life, And then here comes the seat you have nothing to fight with. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I mean, it seems like part of what makes this so complicated is that Cleaning up the shipyard is a seems to be like a good thing because we want it to be a safer neighborhood, but it's also just paving the way for more gentrification. So where how does this discussion move forward at this point? 
that's something that academics, lawyers, lots of folks have sort of been weighing in on in the last several years that this fight has been going on. Um, one researcher, Helen Kang at the Golden Gate University School of Law, has written a lot about this. And one thing she says is that the cleanup of the shipyard kind of could be something that's celebrated by the whole community, sort of, um, yeah, helping to allay some of these concerns over time. But instead, it's resulting in displacement of Bayview's original Black population. And it's something that she and other academics refer to as environmental gentrification or what happens when you kind of focus on redeveloping a place, but maybe there's not as much emphasis on what happens to the people who have long existed in that place. Um, And so we're going to see how this pans out because this new legal challenge that I mentioned is part of a major class action lawsuit in federal court uh, that residents, including Ariane Harrison and others have joined, um, which seeks uh, up to $27 billion in damages. That would be around $675,000 for each of Bayview, 100 points, roughly 40,000 residents. Um, and lawyers say they're they're continuing to negotiate with the developer. Uh, we could see this go to federal trial in an extreme case. Um, but it's, yeah, sort of this question of what are people owed when their community that they've long had concerns about undergoes this kind of major redevelopment. So it sounds like community members are still actively trying to push back. What are other ways that they're trying to address the ongoing issues here? One interesting effort is this first-of-its-kind biomonitoring project that's going on. So there's a physician who's long worked in the community. She lives on the other side of town in San Francisco, uh, but her name is Ahimsa Porter-Sumchai. She's a longtime activist and a physician who's worked with war veterans exposed to chemicals like Agent Orange and atomic fallout. Um, And she's taken it upon herself and tried to raise some money to go out and test members of the Bayview-Hunters Point community community to see what kind of substances are come back in their blood work or in urine samples. And she's found recurring elevated levels of toxins and carcinogens like cadmium, thallium. Um, and these are things that I, obviously a, a normal person might not know what those are, but they're listed as sort of chemicals of concern in several different registries. Um, again, there's a lot of groups like the EPA, San Francisco health officials, the Navy that have said, look, we've, we've set out and we've done the cleanup of the shipyard and certified that parts of it are safe. The parts that are being worked on now are safe. Um, but when you've got this mistrust in the community, and there was also a case where a contractor hired to clean up the site, um, two former supervisors pled guilty to falsifying records. Those things have kind of fueled this mistrust. Um, And so it will be interesting to see how the community health effort continues to evolve or whether they're successful pushing for things like a health registry that we saw created after the attack on the World Trade Center, kind of one of these areas where you can uh, track people that have been exposed to harmful substances and compensate them potentially. So there are options for ways to move forward, but it's a question of, of sort of what will actually happen in this case. There are so many complicated factors at play, but this is certainly like San Francisco's biggest environmental justice battle. And thanks for giving us the latest on it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you to my guest, Lauren Hepler. You can check out her story about Hunter's Point online now at sfchronicle.com. Special thanks to Karen Creighton for her help with the episode and to you for listening. <laughs> 